It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is a crowd podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another bonus episode of Beef's Golf Club. John is still away on tour, but I'm joined once again by Sky Sports News reporter and golf correspondent Jamie Weir to look back at what happened at Wentworth at the weekend and what that means for the Ryder Cup. We'll also be looking at the Solheim Cup too, so let's go and enjoy it. Right, he is back again with us he's back again we can't get rid of him jamie how you doing man i'm not too bad at all beef uh i'm very well i'm out in the south of spain at the moment um i think i need to apologize to listeners straight off the bat and say if it's quite noisy i'm in the media center at the solheim cup venue i'm in one of the radio booths and some genius has decided to put the radio booth next to a generator which um i can't imagine was a particularly wise idea so anyway if it is a bit noisy i apologize but i can hear you that's the main thing and i'm very well you're a busy guy because you're wentworth day before now you're here here they're everywhere mate busy busy this is it yeah wentworth um till late last night then flight first thing this morning to malaga and here at the solheim cup for a week which i'm very excited about and then this time next week hopping straight in a plane to Rome. so yeah busy three weeks but loving it can't complain can you no, absolutely not. They're, they're three absolutely epic events. I don't know which one to talk about first, to be honest. Maybe we'll go with Wentworth first. Final day was an epic day, right? Yeah, look, it always is. I mean, it's that kind of course, you know well, Beef. It's that kind of course where it seems to... Every single time I go to the BMW PGA Championship, somebody seems to make a charge from behind because it's that kind of course where there are obviously birdie opportunities in the back nine and you can start to sort of post a score and then that has an influence on the guys who are still playing the front nine. And more than any tournament I can remember, you seem to see people come out charging from the pack and that's what happened with Ryan Fox yesterday. Okay, he wasn't that far behind, but I mean, eight birdies in his last 13 holes. It was just incredible stuff and it was toing and froing. It looked like Tyrrell had it in the bag at one point. It looked at the start of the day, obviously like Ludwig, had one hand on the trophy as well. But, you know, there were so many names in the mix. 
and um, weather interrupted as well. You know, the thunderstorms came at one point, the heavens opened, and that just added to the drama. But, like, for Ryan Fox to go up the 18th, needing a birdie to win it, get up and down from 100-odd yards, I mean, yeah, you know him well, Beef. He's a really nice guy, really popular guy on the tour as well, so I think a lot of people were very happy for him. Oh, 100%, yeah, he's an absolute ledger of a guy. Um, and, yeah, I'm not surprised he birdie. He is just, the way he plays golf, I've played with him a few times, and it's just stand up, hit it, and go. No messing around. He's great to play yeah. with. But, yeah, there, there's not much hesitation there, and he's just, the way he plays is just all out, man. Attack, let's go and make a load of birdies, and you can see why someone like him would come from a pack or make eight birdies in 13 holes because he's so aggressive. So, yeah, fair play and congrats to him, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's an epic one. Now, I've been asked this question already a couple of times. People asking me about how well the Ryder Cup players played in Wentworth. Do you think that has any effect going into the Ryder Cup? I mean, kind of and and kind of not really, if that if that's any sort of an answer. I mean, look, you want all your guys to be playing well going into the Ryder Cup, obviously. But we've said it a million times. You can also kind of throw the form book out the window. Somebody during Ryder Cup week could just get hot and be unbeatable. And equally, somebody could go in there, in theory, playing great golf, but just not have it that one particular week. I mean, that's kind of why we love this game. It's so fickle and one day to the next can be so different. But I think it is important from Luke Donald's point of view, all 12 guys made the cuts. Seven of them finished in the top 10. They're clearly going in there in some sort of form. And they're going in there having played recent tournament golf as well. Now, look, every golfer is different. Some golfers might not mind going into an event with, uh, of the size of the Ryder Cup, completely cold. But nine of that US side are going to tee it up in Rome next week, having not played a tournament for over five weeks. Now, I don't know about you, Beef, but I kind of imagine if I was a professional golfer, I'd want to go in a little bit more match sharp than that. Yeah, personally, I would. Yeah, I'd like to probably play. Yeah, the week like that that would be perfect for me to play to play like a few tournaments before and then have a week break and then probably go into it would probably be my ideal prep. But yeah, I guess once you get there though, the the adrenaline and and stuff, you'll just get straight into it. And I bet all the boys are over in the states of practicing and playing, and they're going to be ready for it. Also, saw Justin Thomas had a good finish as well which is not so good for us. But yeah, it looked like he played well and that was nice to see as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think it is important that the, the, the European guys are obviously playing well. As I said, Tyrrell had a great chance to win it yesterday. John Rahm was in the mix as well, had a little run of boogies on his front nine, which seemed to derail him, kind of made a charge toward the, towards the end. It was just a couple of shots shy. Victor Hovland has carried on his good form from the FedEx Cup. He's obviously playing well. Tommy, you know, was in the final group yesterday. We've seen it a few times with Tommy now. Just on Sundays, he doesn't seem to quite have it for whatever particular reason. I was gutted for Tommy yesterday because I really wanted him to get the job done. Rory, 65 on his final day. You know, he had to make a birdie up the 18th in near pitch darkness on Friday just to make the cut, but made the cut and was 12 under par for the weekend. So that's great to see Rory in decent form. Ludwig, you know... I almost think that yesterday was a bit of a blessing in disguise, Ludwig. It might have just taught him that, you know, not everything is going to be really straightforward in your career as a pro. It's all been very easy for him so far. You're not going to win every single tournament you play in. The first time he had a 54-hole lead and in an event of that size. And, you know, it's it's hard to win golf tournaments. And, um, you know, it wasn't his best day yesterday, but he'll be stronger for that experience. Sepp Straka is just continuing to play good golf, making a ton of birdies. 
And then Shane Laurie, you know, he had a nine on his 71st hole, his penultimate hole yesterday. Had he not had that, he'd have been right up in the mix as well. But he's obviously playing some pretty good golf at the moment. He finished 10 under par, as did Matt Fitzpatrick. So, you know, nine of Team Europe in the top 20. As I said, seven in the top 10. The only real question marks, I suppose, are over Bob McIntyre and Nikolai Hoygaard, who were a little further back yesterday. But I'm not overly worried about those guys because they're both birdie-making machines and get to match play golf. And as I said, kind of all the form goes out the window and they're going to love it next week. They're going to be in their element. So, look, all of our team are playing with some pretty nice golf at the moment and, yeah, roll on Rome. I cannot wait. Also, mate, you're talking about Wentworth and you being there Sunday. You're always there. You're always going to be there on Wednesday as well. And that pro-am is madness. That's the craziest pro-am of the year. How was that? I mean, it is. You're right. It's just like, it's almost a sort of celebrity event these days and people who would never go to a golf tournament are there because they want to get a glimpse of you know a star and I think the biggest name this year is probably Tom Holland aka Spider-Man playing with his two brothers another one of his brothers was caddying his dad was caddying as well so it was a whole Holland family affair playing with John Ram I walked a hole with them as you can imagine you know Lots of screaming fans lighting the fairway for Tom Holland. He's a decent golfer, by the way. He absolutely stripes it. Um, and also, our main topic of conversation, Beef, you'll be pleased to hear a few days ahead of the North London Derby, was about Big Ange's Lily Whites and just how well we're doing at the moment. So, um, yeah, it was great to talk to Tom Holland about that. Um, he's not a He's Tottenham as excited fan. as I am. He is, mate. He is, like all the most sensible, handsome charismatic people in the world he is I always knew I like Batman more <laughs> <laughs> was there was there any as you walk around was there any Spider-Man hand actions going off did you see any of that well I, I'll tell you what I did see I saw a, a fully grown up man dressed as Spider-Man to come and watch Tom Holland <laughs> play in the Pro-Am at Wentworth which was I mean wow also I have to say I went up and then um, said hello to John Ram as he's walking off the first tee. And John Ram said, oh my, I, I think it's the most nervous I've ever been standing on a tee shot. And I was like, what? It's the most nervous ever. I was like, why? He's like, because that's Spider-Man. And I was like, right. <laughs> and then he started going, oh yeah, and his, brother, his, his brother's been in this and his other brother's been in that. And, he's been in that. and I was like, right, okay. I mean, I'm 40 years of age. John Ram's 28. Maybe it's a sort of generational thing, but I was not that st- starstruck around Spider-Man. Whereas John Ram was just like, you know, completely smitten with playing with Tom Holland which I thought was really interesting so um, yeah look um, lots of stars are, as you know Beef lots of sort of um, retired or not even retired lots of still current sportsmen as well from different walks of life um, it was good fun it's always a great atmosphere on that Wednesday we got beautiful sunshine this year as well um, I have to tell you though Beef the star of the show at Wentworth this year right next to the 17th fairway you cannot miss it huge lime green truck <laughs> the size of a palace beef's barbecue truck did you sample it i didn't beef oh! i didn't i didn't have time you know how busy a man i am so i'm re- i'm really sorry the, do, you, do you know what the reason i didn't because there were queues to get to beef's barbecue truck that's why <laughs> there were a lot it was a long queue and i thought that is good the big man is obviously doing pretty well in his little sideline hustle here but on the friday afternoon I went out to walk in the last two holes with Rory, which, by the way, took about an hour because the 17 and 18 were just playing ridiculously slowly. But Rory was waiting to take his second shot on the 17th. 
and I was about 10 yards away from Rory and I could see him looking over and his eyes just lit up and he turned to me and went, Beef's barbecue. And I was like, yeah, yeah, the big man's the big man's got a sideline going on here. And Rory's like, God, I'm starving. I'm quite tempted as well. Um, so there you go. Rory is aware of your barbecue truck. And I reckon if it becomes a permanent fixture at events, then Rory may well partake. But sadly this year, too busy for me. But it looked delicious. And the smells coming out of it, the cues for it, very impressive indeed. Oh, that's amazing. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, I'm sure. We'll get we'll get Rory some some brisket fries and some chicken wings. He'll love it. <laughs> love it. You walked a hole with Tom Holland. I take it. Did you speak to him much? Do you know him? Do you think you can get him on the podcast? I'm sick of trying to message Mark Wahlberg. I'm going to pass the baton over, I think. And I think it may be a case of you getting pied by Tom Holland for the next however many series... <laughs> trying to get him on the pod. What do, you, what do you reckon your chances are? You think Tom Holland is probably a more attainable level of Hollywood superstar than Mark Wahlberg to try to get in the pod? I think you might be right, and he loves his golf. And I tell you what, if you get him on just after we've smashed you in the North London Derby as well, I'm sure he'd be happy to come on and just rub your face in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we can get him on. That's up to you. I'll leave that one to you. And we can check in with that every now and okay, then. Okay, leave that to me. See how yeah. you get on. Friend, friend to the superstars, me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On Rory's form, talking obviously, um, yeah, you spent time watching him play this week, and he makes the cut on the mark and and finishes right up there in the mix in the tournament. It's incredible, isn't it, watching him when he's like that? What I think is amazing about Rory is, I mean, you know how hard this game is to play at the elite level. Rory, for the last, not just last week at Wentworth, the week before the Irish Open as well, has kind of had, I would say, his C game. And he still managed to grind out two pretty good results. I mean, Ireland will probably feel like one that got away from him, one that he let slip through his fingers. He was tied for the lead with 12 holes of the final round to go 
inexplicably dumped a wedge into the water from about 120 yards away and the wheels just kind of came off from there visited the water a further three times that Sunday afternoon in Ireland so left Ireland thinking I probably should have won that tournament arrived at Wentworth did not have his best stuff Thursday, Friday, but just grinded out, as I said, made a birdie in. I'm telling you, it was pitch dark when we walked off the back of that 18th green. Made a birdie to make the cut. And I was actually chatting to his dad, Jerry, on the way around. I said, Jerry, Rory looks knackered. I mean, he could probably do with a weekend off, to be honest. And Jerry's just like, that's not in his makeup, though. He's not going to intentionally miss a cut, you know. He's obviously grinding hard to make that cut. Made the cut. And then on Saturday and Sunday, again, he didn't have his best stuff. But for Rory McIlroy, for Rory McIlroy's B game to still produce a 67-65 around Wentworth kind of tells you all you need to know about the guy. I mean, he was really impressive. Yesterday, he was coming from so far back, 10 shots back. But there was a point yesterday where you just thought, hang on, he could post a number here. He was 13 under par, standing on the 16th tee. That finish at Wentworth, you know, you know you can make up shots. Instead, he parred in, par 16, par 17, par 18. And you could tell he was just a few shots shy. If he'd birdied those last three, or even eagled one of the par fives, posted 16 under, 17 under, suddenly the rest of the field out there in the course would have suddenly had to take a big, deep swallow. But as it was, it wasn't quite enough. But you know what? Just for his confidence, the fact that he's making birdies, the fact that he is still, you know, hitting the ball so well at the moment, the potter was starting to behave yesterday as well. You know, Rory is going there to Rome with a bit between his teeth next week. He's going to have a relaxing week this week. I say relaxing week. He's on a stag do at the moment at Mykonos. He gets back from that on Wednesday. He'll get some good practice in Thursday, Friday. I think he and Shane are going to watch Ireland against South Africa in the Rugby World Cup in Paris on Saturday. And then another day of practice on Sunday before he heads out to Rome. But, you know, the, the bitter experience of whistling straights is still quite fresh in Rory's head. And he is determined to go out in Rome and make up for that this time. I love that though. Stag do, then the rugby. We'll question him. We're going to see how many pints he's handled over the week. How we get on with that. He says he's behaving himself. He tells me he's behaving himself in Mykonos. So. <laughs> I like the thing he said as well. Um, one of the press conferences he did, or an interview he did about saying he's going to be like the older brother in the group of the Ryder Cup team as well. And I thought well, that was quite cool. Because yeah, you do think he's... He's where yeah, one of the longest. Well, he's played some of the most. Him and Justin Rose. Yeah, we, we we you know we've said it before, haven't we? That it does feel like a bit of a, a changing of the guard this time for the European Ryder Cup team. A new era being ushered in, and the likes of Bolter and Westwood and Garcia, who've been the backbone of so many Ryder Cup teams, have gone. Their time's been and gone, and suddenly you got Justin Rose, who, who's the the oldest person in the team, but not even the most experienced in terms of Ryder Cups. This will be his sixth. It'll be Rory's seventh. Shane is the second oldest at 36, but it's only his second Ryder Cup. And then Rory, at 34 years of age, the kind of elder statesman of the team in terms of he's been on six of these teams before. He's the third oldest member of the team, but he's the one that they all look up to. And, you know, he was saying to me last week, like, I don't want to necessarily, I don't want them to be like in awe of me, like, oh my God, it's Rory. We have to be deferential around him. I want them to still think of me as one of the guys. But at the same time, they can come to me if they have any questions. They can lean on my experience. And, you know, if one of them does need an arm around the shoulder, sure, I can provide that. But I don't want them at all to think that they need to be like, oh, my gosh, Rory McIlroy's in the team room with me as well. So I think that's that's important. And that's traditionally what Europe have always been very good at. You know, the leave your egos at the door. We are a team. We're not 12 individuals. And 
do you know what? Just last, all of last week, it was really nice just seeing them all really happy in each other's company. They'd had the trip out to Rome on Monday together. Um, they were all paired together for the first two rounds, Thursday and Friday. There was lots of smiles on faces. I think they really enjoyed that trip out to Rome. Rory said to me, he, it left him asking, why have we never done this before? Um, and I think that was hugely beneficial for everyone as well. Is that the first time they've ever gone out early? It's the first time they've ever done it as a team of 12 with all the captain and vice captains as well um, the week before the Ryder Cup. You know, they'll have gone and done little scouting missions as groups of three or four before. But for all 12 of them to go out with all 12 caddies as well, as I said, the whole backroom team, they absolutely loved it. And I'm hearing stories how, you know, they played the course on the Monday, sure. But then on the Monday evening, they all had dinner together. They sat around. I, you know, I can imagine this sort of like sitting around like, the fire telling stories together and John Ram was saying to me like to see these superstars of golf like laying themselves vulnerable like sharing with the group their 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 feelings their experience of Ryder Cups gone by was like a real special bonding experience for especially for the younger guys I suppose especially for the likes of of Ludwig and Bob and Nikolai who've who've never really sort of been in that environment at all so I, I just think you cannot put a price for how important that trip would have been a hundred percent. I thought it was like a given they'd all pretty much go out to most of them as a team. I never knew that. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Wow. Talking of the two teams and the way Wentworth went, and obviously, yeah, as we said, Justin Thomas played well in the States as well. How do you think both captains are feeling now coming into a week to go, basically, before it starts? I think Luke will be feeling, like, really happy. Like he's, they, They've done everything they can possibly do. You know, they've... They've had that really beneficial trip to Rome together. All 12 of his team have played in the biggest event on the DP World Tour just two weeks before the Ryder Cup. They've all played well, by and large. You know, a couple of them have contended for the tournament. Everyone's happy and enjoying each other's company. Like, I think they've dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's as much as they can. Obviously, they've got Eduardo Molinari now on the sort of the stats, the data side of thing, thinking up who pairs best with each other for foursomes, who pairs up best with each other for four balls. They'll do all that. They'll get all their prep in next week as well. So I think from a European point of view, they've done everything they possibly can to give themselves the best advantage. I can't really speak for Zach Johnson. I don't know him as well as I know Luke. I'm sure in an ideal world, he would have liked his players to have played a bit more tournament golf build, building up to the Ryder Cup. Max Homa and Justin Thomas both played in Napa. Bruce Kepka's playing this week in Live Chicago, which again, I don't think is ideal. Um, speaking of playing this week, I think Bob McIntyre's playing in France this week as well. He's the only European team member playing this week. But, you know, I think from Zach Johnson's point of view, there's definitely a few more question marks over the US team. There's some players who haven't been in great form. There's players who haven't played for a while. Yes, I suppose one thing they do have over Europe is they've got a few more tried and tested pairings. We know that Cantley and Chauffele play well together. We know that Scheffler and Burns play well together. We know that Spieth and Thomas is, you know, one of the great Ryder Cup teams. So they've got that advantage. There's a few less question marks in that regard. But I just think if I was Luke Donald, I'd be feeling a little bit more content and settled going into room. Yeah, it's interesting because again, from what from what I've seen, when uh, the American team went out to to Italy, it looked like they had a good time, and I saw pictures of of the some of the practice and the meals they had and stuff. And going off the back of what you've told me about, that's the first time the European team have gone over there on a scout mission altogether. 
I'm going to ask this question because I'm interested now. Will the captains pretty much know who's going to be playing with who already going into this? Or will it chop and change sort of a few days before? That's a very good question. And actually, Rory was asked something along those lines yesterday, immediately after finishing his round. He said, we've all got a pretty good idea of who we're playing with and when. But that is obviously subject to change next week, depending on how players are looking in practice rounds. But I'd say they've got a pretty clear idea. And, you know, I think this is a reasonably new Ryder Cup phenomenon as well. I mean, if you remember Ryder Cups back in, you know, the 90s and the early noughties, I think it was done kind of on gut instinct. Oh, let's throw players together of the same nationality if they're European. Let's throw a couple of pals together. And it was all kind of scribbled out in the back of a napkin. There didn't seem to be too much strategy to it. I think everything changed with Paul McGinley at Glen Eagles in 2014. He did so much prep before that Ryder Cup into who paired up best with whom, who, what his strategy was going to be for the week. Right, you guys, you're only playing foursomes. You guys, you're only playing four balls. You're playing foursomes with him. You're playing four balls with him. And that was, I think, a kind of real awakening for every Ryder Cup captain that's followed from both sides of the pond that that's the way we need to do things so I think the amount of meticulous preparation pouring over the analytics the data that goes in to these Ryder Cups cannot be underestimated and as I said Eduardo Molinari is the man who's been seeing over that, that for Europe so I think they've got a pretty clear idea of who they're playing with and what sessions they'll be playing in I would also say that it's going to be very tough for any player to play five sessions in Rome because of how physically demanding that course is and that was kind of confirmed to me by a couple of players at Wentworth last week as well so I think they've got a pretty clear idea but you know obviously you send out somebody in your first session and you get whitewashed 4-0 it's very hard to then stick to your guns and stick to the game plan it's very easy to be reactionary so we shall see next week but I, I think they've got a pretty, pretty clear idea in mind Europe certainly do I can't speak for the US yeah yeah, yeah, that's that's really good info. It's interesting, mate. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Before the Ryder Cup and while you're over at... Well, the purpose of while you're in Spain is the Solheim Cup, mate. What is the scene over there? What's going on? Well, I've literally only just got to the venue I was about to say the course I haven't even seen the course yet but I take it you know this course beef don't you think a quarter scene you'll have played here before well I've never played it mate I've never played it have you not no no but I'll tell you what though it's not we're not we're, we're not a million miles we're not a million miles away from Valderrama it's scene of your most famous triumph there's a nice barbecue restaurant 
not far from you, which I'll have to send. A nice <laughs> typical Asador, amazing, big fire, big grill. It's in a polo field. <laughs> I can't remember the actual name of it, but I'll send it to you. Definitely worth going if you've got time. That's was, my advice for for the for you. I was queuing you up. I, I was I was queuing you up there to talk about your famous open day Spanish win, and all you want to talk about is barbecue. <laughs> Mate, it was light years. It was light years yeah, ago. Well, we wish- great memories, but it was light years ago. <laughs> It was like years ago. Well, we should, we'll be sure to check out that barbecue. But yeah, in uh, at the Solon Cup this week, can't wait for this one. I have to say, beef. Like, it's just, people will probably remember Glen Eagles four years ago when it came down to the final putt in the final match. Suzanne Pedersen hold the putt to win the Solon Cup for Europe. Promptly retired on the spot, like the ultimate mic drop moment. Suzanne is obviously captain this time. Um, she's I, I love Suzanne. She's just awesome. She's so much fun to be around. She's a great character. Um, I think the team are going to really love playing for her. Then we went over to Inverness um, a couple of years ago and retained the Solheim Cup. So Europe this time are going for an unprecedented third Solheim Cup in, in a row. They've never done that before. And I tell you what, I really, really fancy their chances. I think this could be, I'm not going to say like a landslide, but I think Next week, the Ryder Cup is so in the balance, it's hard to call as a coin toss. This, I think Europe are heavy, heavy favourites for. I mean, if you just look down the European team, not only have they got players who are playing well, but their te- they've just got a team of dogs as well, a team who are just like street fighters who you would hate to come up against in match play. I mean, Celine Boutier is probably the best player Europe have got in their team, winner of a major this year. She's just deadly in match play. She's been amazing in her two Solon Cups so far. Charlie Hull, like her record in Solheim Cups is insane. This is her sixth Solheim Cup. She's 27 and she's playing in her sixth Solheim Cup ever present since she was 17 years old. And she is just like ruthless, stamping on your throat when it comes to match play. She's awesome. Georgia Hall, again, another major winner. We know what Georgia brings to it. Lynn Grant and Maya Stark, the two Swedish rookies who are just... They're best friends. They've known each other since they were knee-high to a grasshopper. They're so good together in foursomes and four balls. Lynn Grant is a superstar. Leona Maguire, she was the star of the team two years ago. Again, just like a match play killer. Um, you got Anna Norkfist, who's kind of the veteran of the group, who's just a, a calming influence. She's a vice captain this week as well. Carlotta Saganda playing on home soil. She's just going to be so, so fired up, getting that crowd fired up as well. And then you've got the four captain's picks, Madeline Sagstrom, Gemma Drybra, Caroline Hedval, Emily Peterson. Again, with a couple of those guys, you know exactly why Suzanne Pedersen has picked them, and that's just because they are match play killers so look I, i'm feeling really confident about europe's chances look the u.s have got some strong players as well lilia vu has won two majors this year nelly corda former world number one until very recently we know that she's a big name alison corpus again a major winner this year but there's some question marks over their team as well and like in particular danielle kang lexi thompson household names major champions but they have not been playing well at all this season so I just think like one to six on either side, very evenly matched. But from players seven to 12, I think there's a real clear advantage for Europe there. And I just love how these two teams match up from our point of view. Yeah, as as you said, the last two have been absolutely phenomenal. Like so close, being a point, two points. It could be, yeah. that could be, that could be the little bet, the little double. Would not be nice if we're talking about two famous European victories two weeks from now. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly feel... 
look, I, I'm confident about our chances in the Ryder Cup as well, but I'm very confident about our chances in the Solheim Cup. I really think we're kind of just at a crossroads now with the, where European golf is or where American golf is, where we're just riding the crest of a wave. And this is the strongest I could ever remember the European Solheim Cup team being. Um, and we're on home soil. The crowds here are going to be awesome. We're going to get sunshine all week. It's going to be an awesome week. And then roll on Rome. And yeah, wouldn't it be great if we're talking in a couple of weeks' time about two famous European victories? 100%. Come on. Let's do it. One last question, mate. When do you get to Rome, mate? On the Monday or Tuesday? I get there on the Monday, yeah. So I'm on a, I'm on a 10 a.m. flight next Monday from Malaga to Rome, which if I've been partying with the European team on Sunday night, I might have a head like a bear on that um, Monday morning, but, I'm, I, but I hope I am hungover, let's put it that way. Imagine that though, the, the, the sort of steadier you're going to get. Europe are going to win Solheim Cup, you're going to come off the course, look at your phone, Arsenal 3-0, and be like, yeah, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dream on sunshine, there's not a chance. <laughs> Big Ange is coming to get you. <laughs> Mate, really looking forward to seeing you there, I have man. To say, just on the subject, I know I know this is a golf podcast, but on the subject of Tottenham, very quickly, I was watching um, Spurs Sheffield United on my my iPhone whilst I waited in the recording area, the interview area, Wentworth on Saturday, and obviously Kuliseski scored the winner in the one hundred and second minute. I did like a lap of the recording area, like jumping in the air, punching the air. And about one minute later, the timing couldn't have been better. One minute later, famous Sheffield United fan Matt Fitzpatrick walks off the back of 18, comes over that bridge, and he spots me from 100 yards away. And he just points me at me and goes, I'm not fucking talking to you. Because <laughs> that's some people don't realize, like when I used to walk around or play, and I knew Arsenal were playing, I would shout to people. And be like, anyone got an idea on the football score as we're walking down fairway? So 100%, he knows exactly what's going on in that game and someone's telling him they're 1-0 up with 10 minutes to go or whatever. <laughs> try try 1-0 up with three minutes to go. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, honestly, I'll see you in Rome and hopefully, yeah. Well, we'll see what the game does on Sunday. But most importantly, we'll be celebrating Solheim Cup and getting ready for, for Ryder Cup and see you there, man. And I will check out this barbecue that you're recommending as well and report back to you when I see you in Rome 100% <laughs> it's always great to hear from Jamie hopefully we can hook up again out in Rome which I'm sure we will I just want to say thanks to everyone who shared their pictures and videos on social media at Beef's Barbecue Food Truck over the weekend the food looks so good as well so big thank you to Freeman's event partners for that and hopefully we can do it again so here is just a little reminder of our plans for Beef's Golf Club at the Ryder Cup, where we'll have daily episodes every day next week. If this is your first time following the Ryder Cup, then Beef's Golf Club has you sorted. On Monday, Johnny JR is back and we'll be talking you through what exactly the Ryder Cup is and what makes it so special. Then we are teaming up with the fantastic Smiley Kaufman, US pro golfer and host of The Smiley Show, We'll be doing one episode analysing the Europe team and another looking at the US team. Then, I'm going to be in Rome. And from Thursday to Sunday, I'll be recording episodes from the Marco Simone Golf and Country Club, bringing you all the latest. So make sure you are following Beef's Golf Club wherever you listen so you don't miss a thing. See you next week. Cheers, guys. Crowd Network. A place 
where you belong. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.